0: ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular.
1: Go, go, go! Tom
0: Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made.
2: This is getting exciting.
0: Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount+. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13 new cbs monday ncis is back
2: we need all hands on deck
1: so grab your gear NCIS, and join our elite team what about the charges murder. new cases to be solved double tap to the chest same caliber as the murder weapon and new criminals to catch that's the bomb maker where's the bomb
2: a new ncis monday 9 8 central on cbs and streaming on paramount plus Whoop
1: their Have you
0: gotten Rondo yet? Welcome into the Diamond Balls podcast on GoBalls247.com. I am Ben McKee, joined by Wes Rucker on this edition of the podcast, recording to you on Thursday afternoon, one day out from Opening Day. Uh, but Wes Rucker college baseball fans made it to college baseball season college baseball is back and uh it, it's hard to beat whether it's uh playing little league high school college baseball major league baseball it that there's few days better few feelings better than uh that opening day feeling
2: no no kidding ben and it happens every year like every year baseball happened. baseball season starts so early in college and you think like, oh, my God, spring practice hasn't even started for football. Basketball's getting ready to get into nut cutting time, and you're like, can I really add this to my plate right now? And then what happens is that first pitch comes in, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I always got time for this. Like, it's the greatest sport in the world. I'm really happy that it's baseball season. It's, uh, it, it was fun uh, before, but now that Tennessee's relevant and we're covering relevant baseball every year, it's even better.
0: Absolutely. And uh, there, there's plenty of coverage of everything you need from Tennessee athletics up at GoVols247.com right now. You've got a linebackers coach on his way to Michigan, Tennessee, trying to hire. And now, in addition to a linebackers coach, a running backs coach as well. Plenty of recruiting coverage as always. Wes and I already recorded a basketball podcast earlier this morning, reacting to Tennessee's win over Arkansas, big win over Arkansas on Valentine's Day. And then, obviously, opening day tomorrow had to get on here and preview the opening weekend for Tennessee. Uh, will Heflin was not able to join us, unfortunately. He has a big boy job, unlike us, uh, the the two of us dummies over here. We, we we did not decide to go get a big boy job, which I don't know if that was a smart thing or or a dumb thing. But uh, will will be back with us next week on the podcast, and we will preview the weekend. In his honor, as uh, Tennessee gets ready to head to Arlington, Texas, later today, they will play Texas Tech on Friday night at Globe Life Field, the home of the Texas Rangers. First pitch is scheduled for 8 p.m. Eastern. They will then play Baylor on Saturday, or excuse me, Oklahoma on Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern, and then Baylor on Sunday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern to round out the weekend. Unfortunately... It is not going to be easy to view if you are not in attendance. All three games will be streamed on flowsports.com, which unfortunately does come with a pretty costly subscription for the month. I don't know for sure, but I've seen people say that it's thirty dollars a month. So for three baseball games, that that that's a tough pill to swallow. And I feel for those who are looking forward to opening weekend and are are going to elect not to watch because of that steep price. But, hey, Go Balls 24-7 will be in attendance. I'm going to make my way over tomorrow morning. I will be there all weekend long, and we'll certainly have plenty of coverage for you throughout the weekend Why Westrucker Rucker holds it down for basketball on Saturday night against Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, and Patrick Brown is going to chip in as well. So we will have all of our bases, pun intended, Covered this weekend, but Wes, we'll, we'll start with uh, the projected rotation for the weekend. Uh, Tony Vitello, in a roundabout way, did not directly say that AJ Russell is going to start on Friday night, but did say Drew Beam will start on Saturday night. And it was going to be Beam or Russell the first two days, which leads you to believe, and I can confirm, that AJ Russell will be the opener on Friday night. Your reaction to A.J. Russell being the Game 1 starter and Drew Bean being the Game 2 starter because this caught a lot of people by surprise yesterday.
2: It caught me by surprise. I mean, on reflection, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, as long as – like, if you're a Friday or a Saturday starter, I I don't see a tremendous amount of difference in those things. I know some people do because of the whole – sec friday night thing and and i understand it and you know if there's part of Bean that's a little bit disappointed about this i I don't blame him for that but uh, i mean the saturday and sunday starters in the sec these days are are high draft picks anyway so i mean it's, it's not like it's really that much different uh and if you look at it this way um that saturday game in a series you're either playing to win a series um or you know maybe avoid losing a series. So it's a Im- super super important game. They all are. They all count the same and you know if that's um if they feel that good about Russell, that's great or if they just feel like beams better on Saturday than Friday, that's great. Uh I'm surprised by it, but I don't think it's the end of the world honestly. I don't I don't think it's a huge deal. It is a little surprising.
0: It is a little bit surprising if if you backtrack to I guess last July when you started to look ahead and, and mm-hmm. see who the potential starters were going to be and I am still a tidbit surprised uh, although I, I talked about it on the last podcast I mean AJ Russell has looked really really good he, he may prove to be Tennessee's best starting pitcher and, and my overall thought is that this is not an indictment on Drew Beam this is an indictment on A.J. Russell and how good A.J. Russell is. Tennessee doesn't have a starting pitcher number one and a starting pitcher number two. They have a 1A, 1B situation. And again, this says a lot about A.J. Russell. It doesn't say really anything about Drew Beam. Drew Beam did not do anything wrong or anything along those lines. This just, in my opinion, speaks to how good. AJ Russell is how good of a fall and preseason he had, and how good they think he is going to be moving forward. But again, Wes, this is like a one A one B situation in my mind. Drew Beam didn't do anything wrong. Again, this is this just says a lot about AJ Russell and what they think of him to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's not forget how good he looked last season in a different role. Obviously, not not like a weekend starting role, but I mean, he's looking looking really good. That stuff, and you saw with that frame that he could be a guy who could project even more as he filled out his body a little bit, you know, got a little more flexibility, strength, a little more whip in the arm. Like you could just see that this guy had some stuff and was really projectable. And you know what guys in the locker room, I'm not in the locker room every day. I'm not going to act like I am, but guys in the locker room. know. Like if a guy has throughout fall and throughout camp, if he has been your best pitcher, Uh, then he probably ought to get the ball on Friday night. Now I don't know that he was, I don't know that he wasn't, but I I know enough to know that like, I don't think anybody within the program is like up in arms about this. Like, I think they're like, yeah, he's good. Give him the ball. So I, I think that's, that's, that's a good place to be in. And, you know what? I mean, if you have two or three aces, it doesn't matter. It, it, what, what matters is what are your numbers at the end of the day as a staff? That's what matters. And I think if both of those guys are, are ace quality, and they might be, then that's a good thing for Tennessee.
0: I would not be surprised if A.J. Russell proves to be better than Drew Beam. And that is not a shot at Drew Beam. That That is, again, not me putting Drew Beam down or anything. It's just the level that A.J. Russell has been pitching at against a projected lineup for Tennessee that is expected to be one of the best lineups in the country. And I talked about this on last week's podcast. He was completely dominant against them this past weekend. Well, I guess I haven't talked on the podcast about this. I wrote about it on uh, On Friday during game one of their pizza series. That's that's what it was. Uh, A.J. Russell and Drew Beam both started for, for the two teams that they split up, and uh, A.J. Russell was just flat-out dominant. I, I believe he pitched five innings, quote-unquote. Uh, they were going off a pitch count, but he, he had seven strikeouts, gave up one, one hit, I believe it was, and one walk, and the only reason he gave up a run is because I think he, I think it was he gave up a walk and then maybe a, a wild pitch moved him over. AJ Causey came in and, and somebody, I think it was Simo, roped the double in the gap. So AJ Causey gave up the run that he inherited. But, and AJ Russell was pitching against the lineup that I think is going to be the starting lineup and just made them look absolutely silly. I'm talking about, of Gavar's tears, Billy Amick. Blake Burke, Christian Moore, like the guys in the lineup, A.J. Russell was making them look silly, like they've never swung a baseball bat before. Uh, So, again, I would not be surprised. Not not that it really matters, but I I would not be surprised if A.J. Russell proves to be better than Drew Beam. And, again, that's really not an an indictment on Drew Beam. Drew Beam is great. He's going to have a great season. He's going to flirt with being a first-round pick. Um, But – I just because he AJ didn't pitch it as much last season, Wes, I don't think people are as aware of him, but he deserves the same recognition going into the season that of late we've given Blade Tidwell, Chase Burns, Chase Dolander, Drew Beam. He deserves the same type of recognition, Garrett Crochet. Chad Dallas, he deserves that type of recognition going into the season and I think that's what this is more about.
2: Yeah, and, and you know what? I mean, at that point the only question becomes how does he handle the Friday night lights, right? I mean, how does he handle how does he handle that role? Uh, some guys, even really good pitchers just don't naturally shine in that Friday night, you know, starting role. It's not for everybody. It's kind of a mentally different thing. You just kind of got to be that kind of dude and I, I mean, I think when we saw him go into the postseason and did what he did last season in some big spots, came in and got some big outs, I think this dude's got the the mental makeup to do it. And we all know he has the stuff. That's never been a question. So I, I'm intrigued by this. And, and honestly, in a way, that news, if I'm a fan, that news might get me more excited than the expected news, which would be beam on Friday and Russell on Saturday. It's like that's a great oh. way to look at it. It's like if this dude has been better than Beam, because you know what Beam is, um, then that's good news. If I'm a fan, I'm probably thinking more along those lines. Like if I'm thinking like if this was the Cubs and something like that happened, I'd be like, oh, if he's better than that guy, I'm pretty excited okay. about that.
0: Yeah, and here's a, another angle to look at it as well. I was having this this conversation with with a good friend. He knows who he is, and this was his idea. I told him I was going to steal his idea. But I'm at, I'm actually giving him credit. I'm just not gonna say his name. He knows who he is, and I greatly appreciate him. He he's the GOAT, and I know he's riding high uh after a big win on Sunday, but uh I don't I think Cal Stark is gonna be the opening day catcher because he's he earned he has earned it, he, he deserves it. Uh I, I thought Tony Vitello had some really cool comments on Monday when he was on with John Wilkerson and Vince Ferrara. On ninety nine one, the sports animal on on sports talk, the morning show, and uh, they were talking about the catcher's position, and and somehow Charlie Taylor and Cal Stark got brought up, and uh, Tony Vitello being dead serious said that if if he Frank Anderson and Josh Elander had to go out recruiting on a Monday afternoon, Wednesday afternoon on on a day of a practice, and and they have a million coaches over there, but if if there were no coaches in, in Knoxville to to run practice and everybody was out recruiting. He said he would he was being hundred percent serious that he would be perfectly fine with Cal Stark and Charlie Taylor running practice because they are that great. He would hire them without a second thought, no questions asked they're They're just awesome in in, in every way possible. so that points to to how Cal Stark is viewed. I know there's a maybe a fan perception because he hit under two hundred last year, struck out. X amount of times, people don't think Cal Stark should be playing. Cal Stark has value. We talked about this when we previewed the catcher, so we don't need to go over it again. But Cal Stark has value, and because of that leadership quality, I would be surprised if he did not start game one, quite frankly, and then Cannon Peebles is the DH. But Peebles is going to catch at some point, and maybe they're trying to match Drew Bean with Cal Stark, or... I, I don't, but I, I also think if I'm starting AJ Russell in his first career start, and it's against a top 25 team in Texas tech, I think I'd rather have Cal Stark back there who is more proven defensively than Cannon Peebles, who is also making his first start as a vol. So I I don't know if maybe they're trying to match up catchers to, to the starter, just a thought. Um, I, I don't know that that is the answer, but I also, and I tried to communicate this on the podcast last week when we did preview the pitchers and it's that, Everybody gets all caught up and, and gung-ho on Friday night starter, game one starter, yada, yada, yada. It's got to be your best guy. And I, I just, from covering Tony now for seven years, I just don't think he operates that way. I, I, I think he sees value in a guy starting Friday, a guy starting Saturday, and a guy starting Sunday. He's not going to just simply, my best guy's going Friday, my, be- my second best guy's going Saturday. And my third best guys going Sunday. The traditional line of thinking. I, I don't think Tony falls into that trap. Maybe may not be the right word, but I, I just yeah, don't he, think he, he operates with he, that thought process.
2: He's a non linear thinker. He always kind of has been. So I, I think that's yes. that's fine. And he
0: said yesterday when meeting with the media when, when he was asked about uh, Beam starting on on Saturday or if he had decided when he was going to start when and uh, what the benefit would be for being pitching on Saturday, and he said stability. No question, that's been the upside to his entire career. Uh, We've even talked in the fall about if we're fortunate enough to be in the playoffs, he may be the guy we wear out and throw in a bunch of different situations. But for now, it'll be the second day against Oklahoma. To me, it's about stability. You go into day two, you want to kind of know what you're getting. And I think on top of that, he's willing to take the ball in any facet or any way, shape, or form that you want to do it throughout the year. So I, I think reading between the lines, maybe, maybe Tony didn't mean anything by it, but it, it goes back to what I was saying last week. You have Drew Beam pitching on the second day of the weekend, and he can either secure a series win. I know Tennessee's playing three teams this weekend, but theoretically yeah. secure a, a weekend win. Or he can, if Tennessee loses to Texas Tech, then you, you're turning the baseball over to Drew Beam to avoid an 0-2 start. I think there's a lot of value in that, and I think that played a role as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense to me, and I, I, I think that if if anyone's earned a little bit of, like, goodwill with his decision-making on that campus, it's probably Vitello. I think he's – it's not like, in, in Tony we trust, no matter what he does, it turns to gold, but, like, he's gotten a lot more right than wrong. I think he probably knows his team a little bit. And the good thing about Vitello, if it doesn't work out, He'll come out and be like, yeah, I was stupid. That didn't work. My bad. And he'll switch it around and he'll tell the media that he'll tell the players that and he'll move it around. And he he doesn't care about that. He just wants to win. And so I think that's fine. And I'd say the same thing about Stark. I mean, I think if, if that guy knows his program and he wants Stark behind the plate, I think people need to probably understand. There's a reason for that. The players, the pitchers like throwing to Cal Stark. He's got a lot of energy behind the plate um, he, he he really kind of gives you a little bit of juice there with the way that he is a little feisty. He's a feisty guy. I mean, he he runs his mouth a little bit. He gets fired up. He very much fits the M.O. of this Tennessee program. And, and I think if, if you want a dude like that behind the plate a lot of the time, I got no issue with that. I mean, I think we saw last season he can run into one. We know that. We know offensively he can run into one. And, and you know, it's his second season in the SEC. Maybe he turns the corner as a hitter, too. I, I don't... You know, it's always, it's, I, I never blame people for imagining that the new shiny toy is automatically better in every way to what you had before, but that's not always the case. I mean, I think, you know, Peebles has a probably longer future in this game, if we're all being honest with each other, just in terms of his upside and what he can do, and he might end up being the guy a lot, but. I think if he splits time with Stark there, I got no issue there. And if and if and if Chuck T, who is arguably the greatest baseball player in the history of the game, gets uh, some 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 reps here and there, I got no issue with that.
0: And, and he will get some reps here and there. He's going to fill in. I'm very interested to see if Stark and Peebles are the the two catchers this weekend, or do they give Bargo a start back there behind the plate in a three third game. three
2: and three games would be interesting.
0: It would be very interesting. Do do they give two to Stark and one to Peebles or two to Peebles and one to Stark? Or do they go three different catchers? The only one that I would be a little bit surprised about is if Charlie got to start one of the games. That, that would be my only real surprise. I, I would not be surprised if uh, they, they put Bargo back there one game. Although I, I think Bargo is more of a DH corner infield, outfield option at the moment. But we'll see how that plays out. And here's point blank period. I've seen... Over Tony's tenure, how ruthless he can be with the roster at times. I promise you, he's not playing somebody just, back there just to play him. just to play them. Somebody that he doesn't think has the ability to help them win games. If if somebody's playing, like Wes said, there's a reason that they're in the game, and um, he, he's certainly not playing somebody just for politics or because he's the favorite or something like that o- on a team that Tony literally said has as much depth with the position players as he's ever seen as he's ever been around. Yeah, that, that 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 is telling.
2: Yeah, and it might make him more ruthless too with at bats, pinch hits, um late inning I late, think it will. late game defensive replacements because you could even put Charlie Taylor into a game late as a defensive replacement for a couple innings and then let's say the game still goes to extras and somebody comes up. Well, you still got a bunch of guys you could pinch hit for him and guys who could go in and catch. So you have a lot of options. And I know Tony talked about how he's not trying to wear guys out. We'll probably talk about that in the second segment, but he's been moving them around a lot to different spots because I think he knows he'll eventually settle into his, his guys, but early in this season, there's still a lot of competition in a lot of places and a lot of moving pieces. And we might see a lot of in game movement with guys positionally pinch hits, defensive replacements, he that could be – keeping that scorecard could be a pain in the rear at some times this season, and I don't think Tony cares about that, um, and we shouldn't either, but sometimes it's kind of annoying. But, yeah, some of those scorecards might be interesting to keep up with.
0: There's going to be a million lineup combinations <laughs> this year and, and a million different guys coming in from the bullpen in different roles and, and spots in games as well. So very, very interested to see how that plays out this weekend, there, there's a million things. I'm interested to see how it plays out this weekend. And uh, we're going to talk about those things on the other side of this break on the Diamond Balls podcast at GoVols247.com.
2: This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for.
0: Welcome back into the Diamond Balls Podcast from GoBalls247.com. I am Ben McKee, joined by Wes Rucker on this edition of the podcast. As opening day for Tennessee baseball has arrived, Will Heflin unable to join us this week because he is a busy, busy business man. And uh we'll we will get Will back on here next week or maybe even over the weekend. We'll we'll see what he's going on. Maybe we hop on and record a post-game pod or something along those lines at some point. Uh, before we continue our conversation, previewing opening weekend, would like to take a moment to encourage you to go like, rate, and review the podcast wherever you do get your podcast. That is how you can help us, and we would greatly appreciate that. Wes, before we wrap up the pod by discussing the things we're most interested in learning about Tennessee this weekend, I uh, do want to mention or provide an update on the health situation. Yep in the middle of the infield because that position has dealt with injury after injury after injury in the fall and this preseason. Uh, The most notable one, Ariel Antigua, who I thought had a chance to win the opening day shortstop job. He is dealing with a left thumb injury and uh, could miss up to six weeks. Uh, He's been out for a couple now. They're hoping that he can be back by SEC play at the absolute worst and at the absolute minimum possibly getting him back here within the next week or so uh, as Tennessee begins its season. So no air Ariel Antigua this weekend. Uh, there was a, a positive, I guess, update on Dean Curley and Alex Perry from Tony when he spoke to the media on Wednesday, uh, Curley and Perry uh, were both dealing with, with hamstring injuries. I thought Curley, if Antigua was hurt and not able to play, I thought Curley had a great shot at being the opening day shortstop, but then he was dealing with a hamstring injury. And uh, Tony said about Curly. He said, "We'll we'll assess where their bodies are at. It'll be nice to kind of see those guys." And I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out. Um, where is the quote about? Sorry, I started re- reading the wrong quote. But he, he said essentially that Curly has a he,
2: w- he a would he would play top. if he could.
0: Yes, that that is the gist of the situation. I'm blaming Tony for this because Tony's thoughts bounce around a million times. Boy, it like is is it Barnes. it is
2: stream of consciousness sometimes. It's yes, just, where
0: it is it he going? Uh, here it is. I'm sorry for the, uh, the poor podcasting there. But uh, knowing Dean, as big and physical as he is and confident as a kid, he's going to want to play Friday, whether he'd be in the lineup. And even if he wanted to, we haven't gotten that far. It was nice to see the competition we have. But I think Dean and Alex Perry both had lower half injuries that were minor. And if push came to shove, we could use both of them on Friday, we're going to be more conservative this time of year as opposed to May. So uh, good news on Curley and Perry that they are pretty much almost back to being in the mix. But I don't expect them to receive extensive playing time this weekend. I think it would be a pinch hit appearance at most. I'd be surprised if, if it was more than that. Uh, so in the meantime, I'm expecting Simo at shortstop, Christian Moore and Bracky Lowry at second base and maybe a little flip-flop between those two here and there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that, that if you have that many guys injured and you still have options like that, that it could have been the guys anyway, you know, in some ways. So I, I think that's – they got a lot of options. And and to have guys out and to still have that kind of ability, it's, it's, it says a lot about what they've recruited and what they've done as a program. But I think the quickest thing I can say here is that I think – You do want those guys to get as many reps as possible before SEC play starts. There's no doubt about that. You would like to see what they've got, but you still have midweek games and other things like that. And the worst thing you can do is bring them back too early and then they're hurt for a couple months or they're done for the season or something like that. So it's unfortunate. You don't want it to happen, but it does happen uh, with young athletes. They just, you know, injuries, pull hamstrings, turn ankles, things happen. Uh, Just don't want it to be worse. You don't want to make it worse than it needs to be. So you want them out there. They want to be out there, but you need to be careful with them early in the season.
0: There's no doubt about that. Wes, what What are you most looking forward to learning about this baseball team this weekend?
2: Uh, kind of the vibe, really. I, I mean, I'd like to see them Kind of get pushed against the wall a little bit and see how they respond to it. I think that's always good to see. Um, you know, I'm sure they'd rather win every game thirteen nothing, but you know, I think it's good to get a little bit of resistance. I think it's good to kind of get a little adversity, see how you respond to it. Um, some tough ab, some some clutch pitches needed late in the game. Uh, I think you want to see what these guys can do when things get a little thicker. I think that's what you want to see for the long term health of the program. Uh, you know, and, and no matter what, I mean, they could go one or two this week and something like that. It's not the end of the world. It's, it's not, it, to me, it's about what you see out there. Does it look projectable for like later in the year? Like, do things look like, okay, boy, I can see a lot of talent there. Look at that guy, get down the line. Look at that play that guy just made. You can build around this stuff. Uh, and I'm interested to see exactly what the pecking order is in certain situations because it's not like it matters exactly what the roles are this time of year because that could change but I am interested to see when he has that many options what what does he go with and who does he go with and when does he go with them and how does he make changes I'm really interested to to see that and I'm really excited to see this lineup hit because you know I think these guys can absolutely hit they'll be playing in um, it's a large park, certainly, but, you know, the the weather won't be an issue, obviously. I think it's – I think it would it, uh, be nice to see um, the guys out there and see what they've got because I think this is a really talented team and you kind of want to see who's where at this point in the year.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing you want to learn this weekend is just
2: <laughs>
0: who is playing what and who is pitching when. Who Who is going to be that third starter? Uh, curious as to your opinion on who you think the third starter will be. I think it is going to be Mr. Seacrest. I think it's going to be Xander Seacrest, the senior lefty. Uh, I would be very, very surprised if it's not Xander. What are your thoughts on Xander being that third guy opening weekend, assuming that turns out to be the case?
2: I really like it. To be honest, I would rather have a lefty be the game two pitcher in the game three pitcher, and a lot of times because I like giving teams different things to look at day to day. But when you have Russell and Beam, sometimes that just if those needs to be your top two, that that needs to be your top two. I think Seacrest is more than capable of 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 being a guy like that. Uh, I don't think he's gonna wow you on the radar gun. He's he's not gonna you know it's like a ho hum, like a fastball that would have been a great fastball ten years ago is now just an okay fastball. Um, but he's just kind of gradually gotten better throughout his entire career, and I think he wants the ball, and I think he's got a lot of experience, and I want to see what he's got because you know with him, if it doesn't work out, you can still know that he absolutely has a role coming out of the pen or midweek starter. You know what he can do, so you push him a little bit. You see if he's got this next part in his game. I, I by, all, by all accounts, Ben, he's earned that, um, that opportunity. So let him have it. And if it goes well, great, man. Tennessee won a lot of games with Will Heflin on the mound, won a lot of games with, with guys like that, with Jamie Bennett on the mound. Tennessee's won a lot of games with, with kind of durable, you know, solid lefties. And I, I got no problem with that at all. And if it doesn't work out, there's other things he can do. So uh, if, if you think he's earned it throughout the off season more than the others have, uh, then give him a shot. And if not, you still got plenty of arms behind him you can go to.
0: Absolutely. And from my understanding, Xander's looked pretty good of late and uh, certainly is deserving of this opportunity. Uh, he's implemented a cutter over the years that he feels really confident about right now. And uh, his theme when he spoke to the media on Wednesday was that he's now a true four-pitch mix guy. And that that cutter really plays off. Uh, his fastball, curveball, and changeup, I believe it is. He believes that cutter plays off of it really, really well. So Xander is very deserving of that opportunity, assuming that he gets that opportunity on Sunday, which I think will happen. Very curious to see who's the first couple of guys out of the bullpen behind A.J. Russell, behind Drew Beam, uh, and if if it gets into a situation where you're really having to reach into the bullpen, very fascinated to see how certain guys respond to those moments and. How Tony and Frank decide to deploy the different guys based on the score, based on the matchup, the inning—all those fun things that that we will receive a lot of answers for this weekend. Uh, so the pitching, I, I feel like it kind of speaks for itself in in terms of what you're looking forward to learning about most is just simply when guys pitch, win, and 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 how they look within those moments. So on the offensive side, I, I think the I don't think there's really any questions about who starts where. Um, the, the lineup on Friday when Tennessee had its pizza series, its, its final inter-squad weekend, uh, the lineup was Dylan Dryling leading off in left field, Blake Burke hitting second and playing first, Billy Amick playing third and batting third, Dalton Bargo hitting fourth and DHing, Christian Moore hitting fifth and playing shortstop, Hunter Ensley hitting sixth and playing center field, Kavar's tears in right field and batting seventh, Cal Stark catching and hitting eighth, and Key Lowry hitting ninth and playing second base. Uh, no real surprises there for me, Wes. Uh, maybe the only one being that Christian Moore is is hitting fifth and Blake Burke is hitting second. But to me, that's a product of just wanting to go right, left, right, left, right, left in the lineup.
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting that he would go left, left at the top of the lineup. I would think against lefties he would be worried about that knowing the way Tony, Tony likes to go left, right, left, right as much as possible. But if he's going left, left, right out of the gate, that's, that's interesting. But I guess he feels like dryling is a guy who can hit lefties. And so, or he wouldn't have him up there. So I I think that's, that's the thing thing that surprises me is that Tony would go left, left off the top. If he does that, I would have thought maybe, and
0: maybe that's because they lack a a true leadoff hitter. And maybe that was just an inner squad thing. We'll we'll see if that ends up being the case, but I would think that it, that that's maybe because who else are you going to hit lead off? I mean, the only other option I think would be would be Bracky Larry, but I, I think I'd rather have Dryling up at the top.
2: I think I still think the way he grinds through at bats and he's a nightmare to face. I like Christian Moore there. He gets on base. I know he's got pop, but Tennessee's going to have a lot you. of guys. Tennessee's going to have a lot of guys in the back of the lineup getting on base too. I mean, I think that's you know if you have a deep. But here's lineup my question like
0: with that, that, real quick, Wes. Cal Stark hitting eighth, Bracky Lowry hitting ninth. I mean, those are the guys in front of Semo. How, how many? If he's hitting lead off, how many of the how many opportunities is he going to have with those guys on base?
2: Yeah, I don't know enough about Lowry to know what he'll do offensively. I mean, I never in a million years would have guessed what Liam Spence turned out to be offensively, so I don't want to sit here and assume that I know anything. But I, 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 I with Stark, it depends on how much. He would grow from year to year. Can he grind out more at bats? Can he get on base more often? Can he at least be a nightmare to face and, and make guys throw pitches? But yeah, I mean, I I think you I mean we're seeing now like you know Kyle Schwarber hits lead off. I mean, it's a different kind of era now in baseball. So I would kind of like who do I want up at the plate the most? Who do I want getting the most at bats in the game? More maybe. So that that's what I would think. But i completely see the value in moving him down the lineup a little bit for for more more guaranteed rbi opportunities so you're you're facing that battle of do you want him to get the most of bats or do you want him to have maybe a few more rbi opportunities i can see that both ways and i'll be interested to see how much what tony goes with and if he sticks with it which i would say about everything ben is that you know because tony's Tries to he he talks a good talk about the season and it's a long it's a marathon yada yada dude that dude wants to win every game he plays he is a maniac competitor a maniacal competitor so I'm interested to see if he goes with it at the beginning and if it doesn't work exactly how much he tinkers
0: yeah for for sure he, look and again we'll, we'll say this a million times he's going to tinker with it a million times himself yeah probably before the SEC tournament <laughs> not even just conference play but before the end of the regular season. I, I agree with you on on the whole more hitting leadoff thing. And there's been a couple of scrimmages. I don't know if it was just because it was scrimmages and it didn't really matter, but there are a couple of times that Moore led off. I would just rather have him in the heart of the lineup with more RBI opportunity. Th- th- I would
2: then maybe Insley in the two hole.
0: I would move Insley to leadoff or Bracky Lowry to lead off before I move Christian Moore to lead off.
2: Fair enough.
0: That that would be what I would do, but I'm not one of the highest paid college baseball coaches in the country. Um, and look, I mean, this again, to your point, the lineup is going to be very fluid. I expect Dalton Bargo to get a crack at DH. I expect Robin Villa Nev to get a crack at DH. Uh, Cannon Peebles is going to be in there somewhere catching or at DH. He's a switch hitter. Maybe this was just a coincidence on that Friday that Dryling and Burke led off back to back. Um, and I do like Dryling in in the leadoff spot. I'm I'm just a a little surprised by that left left uh, there yeah. at 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 the very top. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out, and we will certainly uh, have quite a bit to to react to. But it, though that's definitely the field. Dryling, Ensley, Tears in the outfield. Billy Moore, Brackey, Burke in the infield until the middle infield gets healthier, uh, and then I think Cal Stark and and Cannon Peebles are probably going to platoon, and then Bargo Peebles robin are are gonna get opportunities to take over that dh position and uh, that's I, I think a lot of stakes game. dude that's a yes. lot of stakes They they have too many <laughs> bats to 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 toy with quite quite frankly so it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out uh the opener on friday night against a top 25 texas tech team uh there will be preview content about texas tech baylor and oklahoma up on the site. So encourage you to check that out, was not able to really dive into an opponent scout, so to speak, on this edition of the podcast uh, because it's a a hectic week with everything going on. But uh, more curious on what we learn about Tennessee this weekend, quite frankly, than anything that Texas Tech is going to present. I know they're throwing one of the best pitchers uh, in the country, but again, we will have some written preview content up of the three opponents on the site before the opener on Friday evening which will be at 8 p.m eastern again i will be in attendance all weekend long giving you live coverage from the rangers home stadium and uh, it'll be a fun weekend we we will learn a decent amount about this baseball team uh, because it'll be very similar to sec play and 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 the last thing i want to hit on on the way out the door west is i think this team is in a much better place going into the opener this year than they were last year the team chemistry wasn't great Going into the opener last year, I think it's in a great spot going into this weekend.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's you would be a guy who would know that so so uh, you more than I would. So I, I think that's that's good to hear. Certainly, I mean I think that you know no matter what, again I would advise people not to put too much into this weekend one way or the other. No matter if they could dominate or they could have a, a tough weekend. We saw last season. Don't really worry about that. Just if you get where you need to get by the time you need to get there you're good, and I think – but it is a good opportunity to get some good RPI wins on the board out of the gate. That's always good. That could matter later in the year with terms of seating. And We saw how close Tennessee was last season to hosting and all that stuff. So, you know, it, it is important, but it's not the end of the world. So I'm interested to see what that chemistry is like, you know, just because we imagine they have all these sticks. Does that mean that they're definitely going to? There's never, never guarantees there, so – Uh, But I'm interested to see because I think this is a really, really exciting team, and I think it's going to be a fun team to watch.
0: Absolutely, and and it's not just my opinion that the chemistry is better going into the season. Uh, Several players have said it publicly. Tony Vitello has said it publicly. So uh, I, I think we'll see a much smoother start to the season this year than we did last year. But the proof will be in the pudding as Tennessee takes on Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and Baylor this weekend in Dallas. And West, we will certainly have plenty of coverage and reaction to it over the weekend and into next weekend. We appreciate you, and we hope you have a good weekend too. Holding down the fort in Thompson Bone Arena on Saturday night with Patrick Brown, which you you definitely definitely need luck sitting next to Patrick Brown.
2: I don't have to drive with him to the arena though, so that that's that's a win. You know, I don't have to. Nearly lose my life a hundred times getting to the arena. So safe travels for you too, my friend. I know you're back in Tejas again. Uh, get some good Tex Mex, enjoy the uh, weather, and uh, come back in one piece. Got a lot to got a lot got a lot to do the next couple months, bud. A lot of stuff.
0: I find the barbecue before I find the Tex Mex.
2: I I got no problems Which, with
0: either. I, I don't think there's any wrong order, but I go for the barbecue before. Go I find go the beef
2: over pork. They do beef better than they do pork down there.
0: And and if you're listening to this before i get to dallas if you're listening to this before the opener please send me barbecue recommendations in arlington and in dallas it would be greatly appreciated for West rucker i'm ben mckee this has been another edition of the diamond vols podcast on govols247.com
2: there's that button and now i can say thank you for listening to this edition of the govols 24 7 podcast we always say that but we always mean it thank you Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash twenty 247 You can also go to facebook.com slash uh, twenty 247 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting Uh, but if you want that best most delicious east tennessee smoky mountain spring water directly from the source go get that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial – And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm. There with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, You also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that. All of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That—that That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to dot 247com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys.